Welcome to the Natural Curiosity Project. I'm Steve Shepard. I want to introduce you to Ruben Peretti. That's him snoring in the background. Ruben isn't human, although he thinks he is. He's a Sharpei, one of those amazing-looking Chinese wrinkle dogs. He belongs to David and Michelle Peretti, friends of mine who live in Edmonton, Alberta, and who are among the coolest people I know for all kinds of reasons. They're one of those couples, like Sabina and me, who are so close and who have been together for so long that they tend to finish each other's sentences without even realizing it. We met 18 years ago in Edmonton, Alberta, and we were both born here and then went to university, moved away, and we actually found, once we met, that our lives were very parallel. Dave was living in Europe, I was living in the United States at the same time, and and we were ships passing. Michelle and David adopt dogs that have no other place to go and that are often seen as unsavable. Reuben is one of those. The Peretti household is a vast sea of wrinkles, and I'm not talking about Michelle and David. So when I was small, I grew up with dogs, and then I was about eight, and I got a pound puppy. Remember pound puppies, the stuffed animals for Christmas? And it was a blue wrinkle dog. And I always thought it was a dream, wasn't real. And then I was probably 30 when I found out this was a real dog. So our first Sharpay we got and from a breeder, from a breeder. He wasn't a rescue. And we waited about three years on a list to get this blue Sharpay from Eastern Canada. And he was great. And then from the same breeder, we actually got Mew Mew that we have now. So we had those two for a while. And then Figaro passed away. He was the first one. The blue one. And then we got Petal for Rescue. No, we got Lucho. Did we get Lucho first? So in the meantime, I found on Facebook um, a rescue called the Vancouver Sharpay Rescue. And they have a sister agency on the western coast of the United States called Pay People Rescue. It was shocking to find that you could adopt these purebred dogs at various stages of their life, anytime from puppies to, you know, middle-aged to seniors. So I got in contact with a woman called Cheryl who runs the rescue agency. And she said, oh, I've got this senior dog for you, which would be good for Mew Mew because she lost her big brother. And so we adopted a black dog called Lucho and he came from the Los Angeles area. He had a trip. Like he went Los Angeles to Alaska. Oh, yeah, because they adopted him to a couple in Alaska. Then da- down to Seattle. And so we had him for about five years. Yeah, he was pretty old when we got, got him. He was eight or nine. Yeah, which for Sharpays, it's that can be pretty old. He'd had a pretty tough life. Someone had just been using him as a breeding dog to make money off puppies, which is apparently a thing. So in the meantime, we had Lucho, and then I had seen a very small Sharpay on Instagram, and she had her own profile. Dave said to me, are we getting another dog? I said, yeah. So she got rescued from Indiana and shipped up to us, and we had the three of them for a while. Everything was great. It was a big family, but it was a good, and everyone got along. And this is where Ruben's story begins in the middle of the COVID pandemic in northern Mexico. 
in April, end of April, I was on Facebook and I saw this post from Vancouver Sharpay Rescue and it was a Ruben and he was still in Tijuana and he, they had found him, but they couldn't catch him, but they had these really pitiful pictures of this dog that was pretty close to dying and just sitting on a street in Tijuana. Usually what they do is they ask for funds because this rescue runs with no money. So you pledge money that when they do catch them, that they'll have some money for vet bills and everything. We were actually in the process of buying a new house. And about a week before we moved in, Lucho had passed away. You know, I think at that time he was probably 13 or 14 years old. It was just a... It was sudden. It was It was sudden and it was sad because he'd been such a big part of our family for so long. He was this big lug of a dog. And whenever we take them for walks, Dave would walk the girls with these little pink leashes. And I would have this big 70-pound dog, this big black dog right beside me. And he kind of ambled. So in my mind, though, I hadn't thought anything of it. And in the meantime, they had gotten Ruben, taken him to this shelter. He was gravely ill. He had ticks hanging off him the size of grapes. He was so malnourished. His teeth were all damaged from eating rocks. Wrinkle dogs get eye jobs. They are the Joan Rivers of of dogs where their wrinkles will fold in. And so their eyes will get rubbed by their eyelashes or their dog hair. And his had been left to the point where his eyeball had popped. I can't imagine what the pain that would have been, just a constant rubbing to a rupture. So he was blind, but he was happy and he was happy to have some food and he just started making his way up and I would get these updates. This is one of those feel-good stories that we all like to hear every now and again. Abandoned animal with little chance of survival getting a second lease on life. But if you think that's a good story, wait until you hear the rest of it. Remember the geography we're talking about. This is a very sick dog on the streets of Tijuana in northern Mexico And somehow, he's going to make his way to Edmonton, Alberta, 3,000 miles away. So he had been on this journey that was sort of documented. So all of a sudden, he was in Victoria, and it was decided that he was ill enough that he was just going to be sent to a hospice home to die. So we moved, and of course, I had contacted Cheryl and said, Lucho had passed. And she emailed me or she, and we had kept in touch over the years. If there was a cute dog picture or something, I would always send it to her. And she updates people on Facebook because we're all always happy to see past dogs and stuff. And so she called and she said, Hey, whenever you're ready, let me know. And I said, well, there's no dogs because of COVID. There's no pays coming up. So she said, yeah, what about Ruben? I said, what about Ruben? And she said, don't say anything, but we think he's going to pull through. And he keeps getting better. And we never thought this would happen. His entire, his kidneys had shut down. His liver was done. And then just with some love and some good food, he started coming around. Proper nutrition and proper contact. Yeah. And so we waited, waited. And then it was a Sunday night because we were going to dinner at Dave's parents. And we always take the dogs to Sunday dinner. And she 
just DM'd me and said, listen, if you can get to Kamloops, which is about 13 hours away, I can be there Tuesday morning. And so I said, oh, are you kidding? And she said, no, if you can get to Kamloops, I'll bring Ruben myself. And I was gone the next morning. And that brings us to Ruben. So when he was taken to the shelter in Mexico by a woman called Monica, and it's actually not, I just found this out from Cheryl when I told her we were doing this podcast. It's not a rescue. It is a woman who sees these dogs on the street and has literally given up everything she has to feed and help these dogs. And then she will reach out to any rescue that will then take the dog so she can go get another one. And she's just a real hero. So he stayed at the shelter for a few weeks and she was loving and kind and hand feeding him this food that, that they could get. And he would go to the vet there and Vancouver Sharpay Rescue would pay for that. So that's how she was able to aid in his care. And then it started. It just comes out as a network of people who will take a leg. So someone would go from Tijuana to the border. And at the border, because of COVID, there was a lockdown. So you can't transport people or things. You certainly couldn't fly them. So Right, because we were right in the midst of, right in the, midst of right in the grips of it. I have to jump in here for a second to explain something. This network of people that Michelle is talking about is called the Angel Network. It's a group of people, many of them long-haul truckers, who agree to move animals that are rescued from shelters along the road to their new home, even if that means a multi-leg trip from Tijuana to Vancouver and ultimately to Edmonton that involves two international borders. But it's even more complicated than that. So the interesting part is they didn't allow humans to cross the border at that point. But animals, as long as they went on their own volition across, no issues. Someone brought them to the border and there was another family on the other side, what you know, we call the Angel Network because they're ultimately going to transport him all the way to Vancouver. So the paperwork could be handed over to make sure that, you know, yes, this animal can cross, but ultimately the animal had to make it there on his own, on his own volition. So they would throw a ball across and he would run and chase it and catch it. And then the family on the other side would bring him into a crate, into a car, and then, you know, slowly take him up to the Canadian American border. And the same thing would happen there. Did you follow that? Ruben's Mexican caretakers bring him to the border with the U.S., where they get his papers checked. Then the customs people, for all intents and purposes, look the other way, and the folks in Mexico throw a ball across the border, which Ruben chases. Once across, he's picked up, although picked up is probably not accurate, given that we're talking about a 70-pound mass of wrinkles. Another group picks him up and transports him link by link until he ultimately reaches the Canadian border with the U.S., There, the ball gets thrown again, and Reuben becomes a Canadian canine citizen. Now, think for a minute about the coordination required to get this done. I asked David and Michelle how it works. It's more like who coordinates the people. To be able to organize all these people to go from state to state to state and transport a dog, I mean, it's it's amazing Herculean effort that Cheryl was able to do. And it's so, it's the best of people. 
You know, it's the best of people that in the grips of this pandemic say, well, this one dog matters. We can, we can not do everything, but we can do this thing. And I just love that idea that we were all so invested. And that brings us back to Sunday dinner. Remember, Michelle gets a call and tells David that he's going to go to dinner alone because she's on her way to Kamloops to pick up Reuben. So fast forward to when Cheryl talked to Michelle and said, well, there's Reuben. There's Reuben. The inflection. Yeah. And I was like, sign me up. And she said, well, he's kind of a lot. He's a handful. He's a handful. And I thought, well, great. So am I. You know, it's perfect. Match made in heaven. So when she said, you know, get in your car, I went to the grocery store. I loaded up with everything I would need. So I didn't have to stop. And restaurants weren't open. So I didn't have to go to anywhere to eat. And I packed a cooler and drove for 12 hours to a tiny town in the interior of BC where I could spend the night and then get in the car and drive to the next leg to pick him up. And I had a conversation with myself that I was like, you know, he's been through so much in the last six weeks. or Thousands of kilometers of driving, multiple vets. Multiple people. School. And I thought, just don't, don't rush at him. Don't expect him to know you or be kind to you. He doesn't have any idea what's happening. That you're the last stop. He's been on this train of people. He just thinks you're another person that maybe is going to be kind to him and maybe isn't. So Cheryl pulls up and he got out of the car. And I'm so thankful she had a friend that was videotaping this. He got out of the car. And as I was holding myself back, he ran at me and I knelt down and he just kissed me in the face. And there wasn't a dry eye. And she just said, he knows you're his mom. And she said she doesn't get to see a lot of the rescues, but the dogs know. And that was it. We were stuck with him ever since. And he hasn't left my side since then. He, he's the best dog. He's a barnacle. Is that a great story or what? You know, the media that passes for news may be full of all kinds of ugly, but that doesn't mean it's the only thing on the menu. Thank you, David. Thank you, Michelle, for telling me Ruben's story. And thanks to all the people who made Ruben's rescue possible. Monica in Mexico, Cheryl at Vancouver Sharpay Rescue, and of course, the many people who make up the Volunteer Angel Network. Not to mention, of course, David and Michelle, who have taken in many dogs. And what about Ruben? Is he happy? We'll let him have the last word. Sounds happy to me. Hey, thanks for dropping by. I'm Steve Shepard, the host of the Natural Curiosity Project, where we're committed to the idea that curiosity leads to discovery, discovery leads to knowledge, knowledge leads to insight, and insight leads to understanding. In every episode, we explore some topic that piqued our curiosity enough to make us want to share it with you. I hope you enjoy the journey. And if you did... I'd appreciate it if you'd leave a comment over at iTunes or SoundCloud, wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you very much. We'll see you in the next episode.